it's Nick Bain, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. I ask because, you know, sometimes, you know, surprise, it's like, oh, no, it's actually bought in. I'm like, okay. In. <laughs> like, My family's uh, original name was Banyai, actually. So, Banya, what is that? It's Hungarian. Hungarian. My grandparents came here. So, yeah. <laughs> Is the latest entry in the Diary of Doom. I'm Dylan, and join me as we look back on the rich history of doom metal and its sister sounds based on the recounted tales of its followers. Every week, we'll have a different guest to spin their yarn. You can visit the website at diaryofdoom.com, follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, follow the podcast on diaryofdoom.podbean.com, and subscribe and listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify or whatever shady podcast streaming app you want to use. And if you have a question or whatever, you can fire off an email to diaryofdoom1968 at gmail.com. In the realm of tarot, the magician is often recognized as a symbol of power, potential, and unification of the physical and spiritual worlds. Also known as the magus or the juggler in the widely recognized Rider Waite tarot deck, the magician features an infinity symbol above their head and is adorned with an Ouroboros belt, symbolizing infinity. The magician is interpreted with energy, potential, and the manifestation of one's desires. The card symbolizes the meetings of the physical and spiritual worlds and the conduit converting spiritual energy into real-world action, hence the association with the all too gothic phrase, as above, so below. Depending on whether the card is drawn in an upright or reverse position, the magician can represent potential and in tapping into one's talents, whereas the reverse magician's potential and talents are unfocused and unmanifested. The reverse magician can also be interpreted as related to black magic or to madness or mental distress. And given that today's guest is literally called The Magician Reversed, I have to wonder if my clearly borrowed blurb from Wikipedia holds any weight to it. Today on Diary of Doom, we welcome Nick Bain, who, as far as I know, is the solo force behind this project, The Magician Reversed. And they put out their debut album, And Deeper Still, back on February 2nd. So welcome to Diary of Doom. Thanks so much for having me, man. Uh, yeah, that Wikipedia blurb is a great kickoff point. <laughs> <laughs> I did okay. I did okay yeah. for same day research. Right on, right on. <laughs> so uh, for anybody that's not familiar, The Magician Reversed is like a big gothic, you know, doomy, like funeral doom type uh, band. But there's a lot of other stuff going on in there leading up to, you know, where you are now you know, like what were your earliest experiences with music? Did you come from a musical background or was it something that you found on your own? Yeah, no, I was uh, very in a very musical home. I got piano lessons when I was a little kid and there was always music around. My mom's a huge like jazz 
fanatic. She just like absolutely worships at the throne of John Coltrane and Miles Davis and et cetera, all the greats like that. So there was always music around me. So yeah, basically my, my journey into beyond like, I'm a kid who's put into, you know, piano lessons was, you know, as a, I think like sixth or seventh grade or so, uh, a friend giving me a, a tape of a tape of maybe even of a tape of Metallica Master of Puppets. And it was, <laughs> <laughs> it was. Uh, so this was yeah, after was, Lars was like well, handing them out for free, like clearly yeah, like way right, after that. Right, pre-Napster, this was uh, like 1990, 1991 or so, which was ironic because, you know, later in the Napster days, I proudly got to be one of the Napster users to get banned from Napster for downloading Metallica MP3s. It's <laughs> awesome. an awesome journey, right? <laughs> yeah. It's a good patch to have on your vest. Right? I got I banned got from Napster for downloading Metallica. <laughs> there was literally, it was so funny because I... I logged into Napster that day and it was just like, you know, like a Windows, like, I think I had like Windows NT or something and like that classic Windows pop up and it literally said like user and I don't remember what the fuck my name was on there, but it was just a user something was banned by Metallica. Like, oh. <laughs> oh that fucking rules that that it is a badge of said, honor to wear right <laughs> and uh yeah and it was and you know shame on me at that point too just like i was like whatever you know i'll just start over and make a new account or whatever so i do that and in order to do that i'd like delete my napster you know program out of my computer but that was the directory where like everything i had downloaded was saved too so it was uh. all flushed away in a brief moment but you know say <laughs> la vie <laughs> i mean it all came back you all the great shit's yeah no one cares now <laughs> really available now and yeah. everybody and it's still causing problems <laughs> great <laughs> i love the stories about like the the one or two people who like they fell away kind of like off the radar but like there were a couple of people who were like sued through like lime wire and stuff that had hundreds of thousands of dollars that they'll like never pay off and everybody just sort of forgot about them. Like you learned your lesson. Okay, I guess we did. But a couple of examples are, I, I, as far as I know, still out there paying for downloads that everybody just took for granted. So what a world. So thrash metal kid, thrash metal yeah. kid, got a BC Rich Warlock, loved Slayer, Testament, Metallica, all that kind of stuff. And then kind of my journey from there, um, my stepdad was actually a, a music reviewer for uh, the local newspaper back when local newspapers were a thing. So we would get like boxes of like promo press and stuff like that from record labels, like all over. So I, I discovered a lot of different stuff through that in like my mid teens kind of found that's where I first heard like Godflesh, where I first heard of like my bloody Valentine, like a whole bunch of different kind of like UK type stuff like that, that as a kid and like, you know, in the you know early mid 90s in ohio you know we're not gonna really be exposed to otherwise so kind of that kind of blew my mind open a little bit and then on my kind of metal side i was getting more into like death metal and stuff and discovered like gore guts and just i still love them to this day and then that kind of led on from there into electronic stuff and sort of all of that became this hodgepodge over the years to finally kind of all accumulate into this project, I feel like. So I need to spend some time with Gore Guns. I really haven't like a bit what a great name for a band. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <clears throat> 
Um, Considered Dead, what, uh, that album, that was, I got that and I just listened to it over and over and over and over again. <laughs> it was so good. You mentioned Godflesh. Um, yeah. I, yesterday I, I was listening to Pure and oh, so good. Um, yeah, it's, it's an incredible album. And, you know, listening to it now, obviously it's, it's super fucking good, but I can't even imagine what it would have been like to be in like the 90s and hearing that because it's just so far away from what so much of like the really popular stuff and of course you know you have like you do have bands of that ilk you know nine inch nails and skinny puppy uh, all those industrial acts that were kind of like coasting through the 90s um obviously nine inch nails went fucking huge but like i'm pretty sure trent reznor's a fan of god flesh and just to hear that it's just like oh my god this is like it's brutal but it's just it's kind of majestic at the same time right <laughs> it just has that, uh, that oh, fucking british thing about it i guess i know <laughs> i feel about. like I, I i have this like in a past life sort of feeling of like a kinship to that like dark it, somehow in a parallel no, let's not say past life let's say parallel universe I grew up in like the seventies in London. I just like resonate with that. And then, you know, eventually finally, you know, going way off from any kind of doom metal thing or depending on how you want to interpret it, like into throbbing gristle and SPK and that kind of stuff that was coming out over there to just something very, like very much resonated with me about that sort of like, we're gonna, they literally like made music out of trash. Yeah, like, you know, garbage things thrown away and they're, you know, making tape splices and all that kind of crazy stuff. So that was very, but but especially Justin Broderick for me, like very inspiring person as far as like all the pro- projects that he still to this day is, I mean, he's just, I think a JK Flesh album is coming out was just like just announced or something like that. Like he's a very inspiring person to me because he does so many different projects. And I feel like that's, very sort of counterintuitive to what a lot of people do where it's like, I got to do my one thing and I got to do it. Like I got to have this whole like persona of what that is. And like, I've done, you know, in between, you know, my kind of my upbringing and getting to doing a magician reverse project, I've done all kinds of different like genres and different projects and things. And I always felt like kind of inspired by the stuff that Justin Broderick does because it's just, it's just cool that he's just, he does his thing, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm a, I'm an agoraphobic person. I like how vulnerable he is. He just lives very like kind of open and exposed. The infamous stuff that happened with the canceled tour and all that was a very big thing, which a lot of people wouldn't admit, I don't think, but oh, very inspiring. Uh, what happened with, I, I don't really know that much. Was that, there was a uh, big deal. There was a big controversy. Yeah. He was going to go get on the plane to go to to the u.s to do the tour and he like had like panic attacks and had to back out of it at the oh, last minute. Wow. it was this whole huge thing which was crazy for me like a few years back <clears throat> getting to see him come and do you know when he did the the two new albums well they're newish a few years ago but like he when he i got to see him in cleveland and it was just so it was such a like a homecoming for me because there's there's like a doom energy to that to me I guess too with the uh, with the way he kind of returned to some of that like it's very still machine like and industrial but like outpouring of like emotion to see him playing like finally was such a big deal <laughs> for me to get to see that and to think back and think like you know there were people that were you know a tour that was ready to go and everybody was ready to see him and 
it was so crazy. People in the, all the people in at the show were just yelling in between songs, like "Thank you for coming." It was so. It was just. It was a very special moment. Yeah, I, I unfortunately missed my chance to see them. They were playing at Psycho Las Vegas in 2018, and we just. It was just like I just didn't have like the knowledge of it. Like I knew that they were like a big deal, and people yep. love them, and they're kind of like one of those, like you said kind of strange bands that's really not of the genre that it gets right. lumped in with a lot and it's exactly kind of, and garnered a lot of like fan base mm. due to it but doesn't matter because the music fucking rips and like yep. it makes sense i mean the repetition the heaviness like it all kind of mm. is there it doesn't have that sort of like pop aspect that i guess like ministry has you know right. <laughs> yeah i mean it just because ministry is like a way bigger band let's be real Right. Yeah. Um, so, well, hopefully he brings it back because right? I yeah. would like to. I would definitely like to cross that one off the list. And and he was also inspiring to me in the, in a similar way to like Trent Reznor too of like he, he like going it alone, you know, because this project for me was initially like I I felt like it was something I just like it it almost manifested it almost I felt like it almost told me that it had to happen. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like. The idea of like you don't have a band and i know there's hostility in a lot of like the heavier circles like i've, I've done some like you know some post-punk kind of projects and stuff and i've I always felt like pretty welcome as far as like showing up as a single guy playing a show versus like the idea like i know there's you know some maybe controversy maybe in the metal scene that i've kind of like observed or maybe that's just my interpretation of it but i, I feel that i've observed the idea of a single guy showing up with like i'm gonna show up with backing tracks and they're like get the fuck out of here you're not doing that <laughs> oh backing like, tracks that's like the yeah. big controversy right now right. Yeah, right. <laughs> which is funny because i like don't see bands generally that have it so i just me reading all these headlines is just like kind of funny to me and i'm looking at all the bands that are like getting called out for it and who's chiming in and this that and the other thing and i'm like all right, well, I could understand if it's like some weird synthy or like orchestral shit that you don't want to lug like a fucking keyboard rig or do something with and you just want to play it through. Like, I could understand doing that, but like, I don't know. I just think the whole thing's kind of like goofy and silly and in the long run. But I, you know, I had actually made a point here to, you know, regarding like, you, you know, what led you to start a one-man doom-ish band, we'll call it. I, I don't know if there was like, I don't know if it's like controversy so much as like, I know that like one man metal acts kind of become a meme at this point, right, I guess. Yeah, Cause it's yeah. just like, Oh, it's one guy in a band. We can kind of like point our finger at that and laugh. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not too, too proud to like, you know, not be able to be self-aware and, and laugh at that idea either. You know, <laughs> I, I realize it's silly, but like at this point, isn't reality silly? Like, <laughs> like everything is kind of silly. We might as well entertain whatever if somebody's gonna, I, I guess I would object to the idea of backing tracks if it's done like in secret, if you're trying to like act like, oh no, like I played that, I totally played right. that guitar part. And then you're yes. like, your guitar is plugged into a piece of cardboard. That's like, you know, Ingve Malmsteen. Like it's a, just a wall of cardboard Marshall stacks or something like that. I get, I, I would be irritated with that as well. But I, I just feel like being open and vulnerable from the beginning. Like if when and if I do this project live, it's based on the theatrics. It's based on a performance. I want it to be a visual experience, a visual performance. And yes, 
there will be backing tracks and I'm not ashamed of it. <laughs> we stand them here. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I guess the other thing too is probably like, I assume that there's just been like enough examples of one man metal bands doing or saying some shady things. I know that that's that definitely been like a headline more often than not. So it just became like an easy thing to, you know, kind of turn into a meme and sort of yeah. like a joke or whatever. But I think like if you're taking it seriously and, you know, you're putting in the effort, I think people still like to see that. I've seen plenty of like one person acts at, you know, St. Vitus that I'm like, wow, this is like fucking incredible. Like what they're doing. It's just one person and a guitar or one person and a, you know, a synthesizer, whatever. So I think I do. I definitely think there's something that can be commended for putting in all the the effort especially because you know one of the big differences between you and like you know Trent Reznor is like yeah he might do it all by him he might like write the music and come up with everything but he still needs like a band to fucking play with him you know? <laughs> yeah right you're yeah. you're like really taking the efforts like I'm gonna do all this by myself so it's just it is me and like the things I literally can't do are the only things that I'm gonna ask people to like help me out with or whatever yeah yeah exactly and I think like a lot of that stems, you know, I guess if we want to call it controversy, we want to laugh about it in memes. I really feel like it stems from kind of that idea of like everyone's like hungry for authenticity, really. Like we all want to believe so much that like these, you know, personas that are presented to us are, are the thing that they are. And we're just constantly like always let down by them. And then people get very upset about the things and, you know, find ways to poke at it. And I get it. And it definitely makes sense because there's a lot of inauthentic things happening today, you know, mm -hmm. so I, I think that's, that's a big component to it. So I, I just feel like, you know, again, for me, like I felt compelled to do this project just because it I, it called to me if I want to get mystical about it or something you know what I mean? like it like manifested between yeah. me manifesting it let's go back to as above and so below you know what I mean that's that's a key theme for me and especially with like I tried to kind of visually depict that in the video that we did uh recently where it's kind of like the idea of like have you ever seen this is, I'll get back to that in a second, but have you ever seen those like bumper stickers on cars where people have their like dog rescue people and they say like, who saved who? Have you ever seen those? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah. I kind of had this idea like in a kind of tongue in cheek, but also a sincere way of like the idea of like, what if it's like who summoned who? That as oh, okay. above, so below, you have this, this energy rising within you where you want to create a thing but then you find that actually uh, uh, there's kind of this other energy above you in your subconscious mind or however you want to think about it that's kind of meeting in the middle. But you have to start from below. It starts from above and it meets in the middle to actually like, create a thing. So I just felt like regardless of however anybody's going to interpret it or whether it does anything else than just satisfy how I feel in this time coming out of the pandemic and all that type of stuff. It was just like, I'm, I'm just going to do this and see where it goes. So I think one of the other parts of it too, is like just that sort of self-awareness that, you know, metal fans seem to have about oh, yeah. themselves. And I think that it's like, you can acknowledge like some of the more like, you know, ridiculous aspects of things while at the same time being like, it's fucking is awesome. You know, like the sound yeah, yeah. is awesome. So I think, I think people are like, you know, are open to it because they're kind of, they're just aware of like the nature of what the music is. 
but also if you're just like you know straight up like i'm doing all this and like if you can kind of show that people are going to be totally into it so i'm here for it <laughs> <laughs> same yeah um, yeah we were joking we went to see uh converge and mashuga came through columbus recently yeah we i had that, to that too yeah that was it was good but like it's just funny we were joking like everybody shows up in their metal costumes just like to speak to your idea of like that self-awareness it's like we all yeah. know and we like we all we fucking love it it's great like i want to get dressed up in my metal costume or whatever you know even though i just dress like that anyway but like <laughs> you know it's I, I don't have to wear a costume i wear it every day right so <laughs> So kind of going back to something you mentioned before, like what other kind of bands and projects were you involved with before The Magician Reversed? I know you mentioned like a post-rock or post-punk one, um, mm -hmm. but I'm sure there were other, that kind of, that tracks. Yeah, right, yeah. Uh, I think the one that's the most outlier is like a very like dream poppy shoegaze project that I did. I always felt like I got to these points with a lot of projects where I would be working with very talented people and life just got in the way of like being able to work together or like how much they could commit to stuff. And, you know, at, at this point, I feel like, it. you know, everything happens for a reason, man, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> it's just like, you know, it, it all, I, I'm glad that things worked out the way that they did, but you know, yeah, so the shoegaze thing, obviously, you know, hearkening back to I mentioned earlier, my my stepdad, you know, was the music reviewer. And that first time I heard like my bloody Valentine Loveless, like out of complete left field, I was just like, what is this sounds with guitar and stuff like that. And I just really, really was appreciative of the kind of philosophy behind the production of that, especially. And uh, so, yeah, so beyond that, too, yeah, the post post punk thing um and obviously it, one guy sitting around i've got like modular synth stuff and everything so of course i made like industrial techno stuff you know, he's not <laughs> going to <laughs> very big hospital productions fan as well like i love dominic for now and just sitting around recording ripoffs of his stuff so <laughs> you know it's uh, uh what else have i've done i kind of got real depressed at one point playing in like a cover band <laughs> which is a fun it's a fun moment in my history where just you know some other co-worker type people looking to like get back into playing music again because they hadn't done it and I still did it so they're like hey would you we could we should we should start a cover band and you know just playing certain songs and they were nostalgic for me because they were kind of like you know 80s some 80s new wave and that stuff before that really like came back around again and I kind of remember feeling like this is all like so people just going wild at like a cover show. And whereas you like write this, you know, original music and people ignore you, whereas you show up and play songs, people can sing while they're drunk and they just love it. And that was just a very odd experience for me too. So people are always going to go back to what they love, you know, and hundred percent. Yep. Those are the things that they want to hear and they don't, uh, they don't really care who's doing it, but if they can kind of in that moment be like, oh my God, this is my favorite song. And they can just <laughs> get that feeling that they get every time they hear it from yep. the real artist. Like it's gotta be a weird moment for a performing art, like to be in a cover band and if like yourself and then have that moment of just like, I'm like, why am I saying thank you? Like, I, I didn't write this song. I didn't write right. these riffs. I didn't write these right. lyrics. And you have somebody <laughs> just, pr 
I mean, some they're going crazy. They're throwing drinks, like crying. Like I've like seen people getting like, "Oh my god, yep. I cried." They covered whatever song. Yep. Yep. Hundred percent. Yep. <laughs> I've never really thought about that before. It's a very weird experience. Yeah, uh, but it was. I don't know. It was illuminating to me, and like that idea of the emotion of music for people. I think it's kind of like speaking to like what you're talking about, like the that idea of like it's not really even for them, if they're crying and, you know, drunk at the bar or whatever, and they love what you played, it's like, it's about like, a, it's a feeling to them. It's an emotion in a moment in time or whether it's good or bad or bittersweet or whatever, like it's kind of, you're, you're evoking something for them. And I, it's, I just always, that's always been like a thing I strive to, like, I want, you know, it'd be great if somebody felt that way about a thing I did, but also it's important that if you're the artist and you're making the music that like you can look back on a time and feel like accomplished, even if whether you had some kind of like commercial success or not at all, you know, if you're nostalgic for your own time, I, I feel like it's important for a person's journey and your path to, to, you know, be present in a moment in something that you're making and be proud of it regardless and, and not be so capitalistic about the results too. You know, we're very, ingrained in this idea of like you know time is money and if you did if you worked on a project and it didn't make money that we automatically get in this mode of like it then we failed in some way or something yeah absolutely. It, it, that's not the case though at all so you know even if it's again back to that kind of like feeling of like i was there for the moment and if other people come along with it that'll be awesome if they don't then you know, I was there, like, I can say that I was there. And that's, that's important, I think. So now all that said, yeah. uh, did you have a favorite song to cover? And was there one that you just fucking hated covering? <laughs> oh, man, this is gonna be some confessional time, huh? Uh, I love we did a, a level tears apart joy division. I okay. love doing that one. That was fun. Because uh, I I, I just played the, like, I I was kind of the multi-instrumentalist in it, so I played synth and guitar, mm -hmm. and on that one, all I had to play was the synth part. I could play that, like, seven or eight beers deep, and it was fine. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, and it's just such a good song, and the, the we did, we kind of our own version, vamped on it a little bit and stuff, and it was, that was really good. But I felt like that was, like, a, that was a song I resonated with enough to feel like when we played it, if somebody said, thank you, I could be like, I know that's such a great song and like feel kind of like that. Right. That sort of like gratification as well. Oh man. And the songs that I didn't like, I didn't get, a, so I, it was like a very uh, unstable democracy <laughs> in the, in the, the cover band, as far as like what songs we did. And God, I hated, I don't even remember the band that did it. Uh, that Pumped Up Kicks song, do you remember that one? Yeah, I think I remember it. Oh, uh, uh, Foster I, the People. Foster the People, that's it. Man, I hate that song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever listened to this band. Yeah, no. But good. I feel like I've seen oh. their name <laughs> everywhere yeah. since like uh, late high school. Yeah, ooh, hated that song. People really like to dance to that song that uh, I think I'd I probably know it, mess right, up but... on that sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> All the other kids with the pumped up. Oh yes. Okay. That run. song, <laughs> you know, Ooh. Ah. Yeah. yeah, that's one I could absolutely see 
Mm-hmm. Just being like, ugh, because I I don't even like the regular version. <laughs> oh no, it was oh geez. Dark times, you know. Out yeah. of darkness is born it was something sincere, you know. Lot. It was yeah, played it really a was. lot. It really yeah. was. Ugh, yeah. So that sucked. <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't know. Even like funny little, you know, goofy moments of you know mundane things like that. I I feel like are part of an overall story of like just being. You know, get that kind of stirring dissatisfaction of just like what am i doing playing in a cover band right now right like what am i <laughs> i mean i know i'm making money and getting drinks for free which is the only way you do that playing music and until you right. get to some threshold but <laughs> but man that's it's soul sucking but also you know i want to i want to try to yank it back into the deeper meaning of above and below you know what i mean like it's that idea of like those crushing moments when you're being pushed down there's also the only reason you feel pushed down is because there's a part of you that's like above still you know what i mean and the further you push it down you're creating this tension and it's kind of like to get kind of like metaphysical about it it's like you know it's like it's almost like you're tuning yourself you're tuning a a string on a stringed instrument, a guitar or whatever else, like the more you're pressing down away from yourself, the more tension you make there until you can actually like make something resonate to actually be honest and sincere and something that you want to create. So. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I, I guess I have never really like thought about that phrase so much, but that's uh, sometimes I think a lot of that, like sort of, you know, I, you know, like I'm the thing in the middle between this and like, I think, a lot of people get like really like wrapped up in like the words and the terminology. And it's like, it doesn't, it's not, these aren't things that come overnight. You have to like, right. you do have to like work on them, figure it out. So, but yeah, kind of, agreed. That's a tangent also, for another time. Yeah, the irony, well, before, yeah, not to go too far down that road, but the idea that there are, there's like this dualistic idea of like, I'm a thing and then there's a below thing and there's an above thing and I'm a piece of tension in between those things. It's like, no, it's all you. It's like when you have a dream about something and I'm like, oh, I dreamed about a person. Like that person wasn't in your dream. That's your conceptualization of a person. It's just all you. It's all you the whole time. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Let's not start talking about dreams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, to kind of like, I guess, talk about, you know, the the band in and of itself. Cause this, this album is not like you put it on and you'd be like, oh, that sounds like what, you know, this isn't like music that is like, you know, instantly recognizable to like, you know, everybody. So like, was there like a certain mm-hmm. album that you kind of like, give, you know, sort of gave you a different uh, perspective on like what heavy was like, was it like a Godflesh record or, or whatever? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Esoteric subconscious mm-hmm. uh, dissolution in, into the uh, continuum. Yeah. Gosh, what year was that? It was right. It was within a couple of years of that coming out. I think um, <clears throat> there was this band called Maudlin of the Well. I don't know if your listeners might be familiar. Um, it sounds familiar. <laughs> kind of a, a experimental avant-garde sort of vibe, but this was back in the days of like Zanga and MySpace and stuff. So it was like pretty easy to get in touch with people in the band and. Oh, so the, okay because so they're one of those bands that's just like anything goes yeah yeah but it was oh, overall it's dot. yeah 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 oh okay. Uh, Toby, okay. yeah mm-hmm, yeah yeah so he is the one that actually recommended that, that esoteric album to me 
it's just I never met him in person or anything. This was all just like online conversations of me hitting them up. And because I found in their album artwork and in some of their lyrics, this kind of like uh, sort of like a cult mm, Kabbalah sort of puzzle. And mm-hmm. so I sort of like started trying to figure it out and started, you know, messaging them. And I was like, oh, I didn't think anybody ever noticed that or whatever. But so I started a conversation with them. And then, yeah, so Toby from uh, that band was like, uh, you should check out Esoteric. And that uh, that to, to this day, like I, I listen to that album like regularly. There's just four epic songs. And especially the song Blood, The Blood of the Eyes was just something special for me honestly very very beautiful like just melodic and key shifting key changes in that just heavy slow beauty to like that to me that was that's my first before it was ever called funeral doom that was funeral doom to me and that really like set me on that kind of that path now obviously like the album that i made is kind of like this journey that kind of kind of travels through some different genres, but like if I had to credit a, a band and an album in a particular song, like that, that's where I feel like the seed of like what I'm trying to do right now was planted, so. Not enough chatter about Esoteric on Diary of Doom. I should oh, probably, man. I should, I should probably give them, I listened to them a while ago. Oh, God. Their newest album, the- The one that came period. out in 2019? Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> if I listened to it or not. I'd definitely have to so go good. back and- uh I know there's you know, some mixed mixed feelings about the different kind of ways their sound evolved and back, you know, kind of bounced and back again and everything, but I've loved every single thing they've ever put out. <laughs> I, I feel totally, like I like, always get them, out of them. I feel like I always get them confused with skepticism for some reason. Okay. I guess like that, that guess, you know, esoteric skepticism. It's okay, sort of yeah. like those words yeah. seem, and they both do like kind of that funeral mm-hmm. doom, kind mm-hmm. of gothy doom sort yep. of uh approach to things so because i just saw candle mass over the summer in mm. new york and like it's a uh it is a a tricky subgenre to pull off it because really i is. think it can be really hokey yeah and like just like this is hard for me to like actually take in but like if you do it well <laughs> it's fucking rad like it's right? yeah. it's so good you know like i always go back to um, the one I found out about from uh, JJ Anselmi's book, uh, Doom to Fail, when I was reading about Thurgathon. And I'm like, oh, oh my yes. God. Like, yes. <laughs> the one album. That one album is so yeah. good. Yeah. Like everybody's always like, oh, get, get Dark Throne to play at this festival or, you know, do some kind of Celtic Frost thing. And I'm like, and I don't, I don't know if like somebody, if people in the band are like, if any of them have like passed away or anything like that. But like, if you got that band to get back together for a festival, oh <laughs> you would have a lot of people showing up for it. You oh, want to wow. talk about a letdown? Yeah. <laughs> I'm planting that seed right now. If you do that, you can't let people down. Oh my God. Yeah. No, totally agreed. Yep. Uh, there's another band, um, I think from a similar time as them. Yeah. I don't know if this just Ia or how they ever pronounce their name it's just the letter e and the letter a do you know them i don't oh my god uh i highly recommend highly recommend all right i will definitely <clears throat> check that out but enough about thurgathon um yeah so <laughs> there's never uh, enough about <laughs> right uh so I, I guess like i was kind of 
on the right track with the whole tarot deck thing and whatnot. Mm. Um, so like, what does the name of the, of the band mean? And like, what's its origin? You know, I, it was also kind of funny. I told my partner, I was doing this interview and I mentioned all the tarot shit and she's very much into it to the point of going, that's the third sign I've gotten that I need to do some tarot. So it was like <laughs> between this, the eclipse that happened and yes. her one uh, one year work anniversary, the stars, or the cards aligned for sure. But, you know, this has been a hell of a day. I woke up uh, to make sure I got a, some photos of the blood moon this morning at six in the morning. I, I did yeah. not see it. <laughs> uh, it was beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I live kind of like west of the or, yeah, I'm, I'm on. Sorry, I'm on the east side of, of the city of Columbus. It's not like a huge city, but it's enough mm -hmm. that there's light pollution and it's kind of hard to see. But I mean, I'm in the fucking, like, yeah, yeah, I'm in Brooklyn, New York, right? so yeah, I'm in Brooklyn, so it's <laughs> yeah. like light pollution yep. central. I mean, you probably still would have been able to see it, but it's yep. a lot of really bad light pollution out here. Yeah, my th my three uh, signs for today were the the blood moon to wake up to uh, a gigantic crisis for democracy voting today, and then I get to be on Dire of Doom, so it's a great day for me. <laughs> oh <Thank> God. <laughs> That was stressful, yeah. <laughs> to be recording on election, but day. yeah. So um, you know, uh, I spend like a lot of time kind of in my head, and you know, I always feel like for me, tarot is always like I don't know. There's there's a lot of from an outsider perspective, the idea of like kind of like fortune telling and telling the future and stuff like that. But you know, I I feel like the the true meaning of tarot is you know introspection. That's sort of my philosophy about all, you know, I, I appreciate a lot of kind of like spiritual practices and things like that, but I believe them all to be, you know, just that it's all aspects of yourself and what's it show you. So to me, tarot is like, it's the mirror, basically what you see in the tarot cards. It's not like getting like, to me, like getting your tarot read by somebody else is kind of like counterproductive. Like you, you read your own tarot, you learn mm -hmm. about it and you, see whatever the cards invoke evoke in you and that's what it's about is what it evokes in you it's just just a uh just a, a way like a kind of a talisman to sort of just self-reflect so you know kind of in my road and doing that like i was in a point in my life where i sort of felt like you know kind of this sort of illusory sort of everything wasn't really what it seemed and the more time i kind of spent on that thought it was it kind of I sort of started to feel like almost culturally as a whole, it's sort of like our society has done a tarot reading and we drew the magician reversed where things aren't what they seem. There's kind of this, things are not in alignment. We're not, we're not the magician upright where, you know, everything is in alignment. We've got all four of the suits to our ability to, you know, manifest whatever we need at any moment. We're just in this, very anxious illusory sort of time and like I, I wanted to make the the project called that because it, I wanted to kind of inspire the idea of like think about you know first off dismiss the idea of tarot as some kind of fortune telling and think about the meaning of like what's the magician reverse and mm -hmm. how is it that it applies to us as a whole and so I wanted to kind of kind of like take that idea and then do sort of like a very occult inspired sort of journey into the idea of if you were, if you were to see that you drew the magician reverse and the way you interpret it is like, I need to align, I need to set myself aright. 
and go on this journey through into my own darkness and then, you know, wrangle all my own demons and all my own kings of hell in my mind into a powerful thing that are all acting in concert and together. Uh, what would that look like, I guess, was the question. And how would that sound, especially, you know, going back to all those loaded ideas of one man metal band and is this even whatever, should you even do this? And I just felt like I just wanted to create something to kind of add something deeper. And then also, you know, just to just to get a chance to play guitar and mm -hmm. have fun, you know, too. I wanted to get away from like what we talked about earlier about the idea of everything's got to be capitalistic all the time and has to have a value and has to have some kind of worth. And it was like, it's worth doing just if it's worth doing to me and just to do it, to enjoy it and to kind of maybe learn something and kind of make my own sort of grimoire about this journey because that's the whole, it's very concept album. And I know the runtime is very much asking a lot of a listener. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's like short, it, it's like movie length. <laughs> yeah, right. And to me, that's the the thing is I, I still don't feel, there's a sense that the album's not necessarily complete until I have all the video like visuals done mm -hmm. because it is very like kind of cinematic and whatever, but I, it's not in, not necessarily in a preachy way. It's just more of like telling a story of like a, a journey of kind of like the metaphorical sort of soul going through. You're in this mundane life. You feel this calling. You become kind of an acolyte. You become, you you meet your master only to find that the master is telling you that you're the actual master. And then you go through these trials and tribulations to have this sort of final revelation that all wraps all those things up, whether you want to symbolize them, I kind of sim symbolize them in the lyrics with like the tarot decks or the, or the tarot suits or like demons and angels and whatever way you want to make the metaphors of it. Um, and to kind of come into that, you know, into the final track is very concepty again, but just into this, no words, it's just this continuum of motion of time moving on. And hopefully just kind of get people thinking about if, if you were to sit, if you would consider it a movie, if you sit through all the way to the end and watch the end credits and then see the bonus scene at the end, kind of idea of like, like, where does this leave me with how I feel about the way that I live my life on my own journey and whether that's, you know, honest to yourself or not. And if it isn't because of institutional, you know, religious values or it's because of economic you know, oppression or all the other different things that are there, like what, what can you do for yourself to get yourself on that path? So, I mean, it's like, it's, it's pretty heady in a way and it's really um, interesting. And it's a lot of, it's a good way of instilling uh, good thematic elements into your art that gives it that heft. So it like, it justifies that. I don't know. I don't want to say largeness, but like, the size and the scope of this, you know, some, sometimes, you know, you hear stuff that's produced, you know, like you hear other, like really like kind of big wide. I mean, it's hard to say because like all metal is like fucking wide scale, basically. Right, but sometimes, yeah. <laughs> you, but sometimes you listen to it and you're like, it's kind of hollow. Like, you know, like, yeah, this sounds huge and it's fast and everybody's playing insanely fast and everyone's singing as loud as they can but you're like, it's not really like really doing much to like hit home, but like, this is 
you know, you're able to provide, like you said, some introspection for yourself, for the listener, and uh, you do it in a way where you can use probably some like more interesting, dark, lyrical allusions and whatnot. It, it's just a, a long way of saying like you're you're putting in everything you've kind of taken from over the years into and wrapping it up into one package. Um, yeah. Supervised yeah. by yourself, by the one exactly. person. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, and for me, you know, like the idea, like I, I've always felt that like the best art is a mirror. And I think that maybe even before I even got into the tarot, that was one of the first things that attracted me to get in, into that idea is like, I mean, art like, imitates I, life, you know. Right, exactly, quote, right. You know. So when you, yeah, for sure. And, you know, the idea of like, you know, I gave my explanation of it, but like, I don't, I don't want to over explain it so that somebody would just hear me explaining it and be like, oh, what he said is what it's about. Like, I would just always encourage anybody with any piece of art, whether it's mine or anybody else's a painting or anything else, like to look at it and see what comes out of you. And that that's the thing that matters the most, really. I mean, obviously, you know, you didn't have to put together a crew to do the album, but like, what was it like putting the album together? Did you experience any challenges doing it as a, as a solo act? It was like a fever dream for me, honestly. <laughs> I recorded it so fast. Like, <laughs> like I, I started like, uh, like I, I, I officially like say the, the, christening or start of this project was it's been brewing in my mind for like several years beforehand but something about as the winter solstice approached in 2021 there was just this like I felt that it was like the pressure like that bubble that was ready to burst and then just it suddenly just happened and I was just like constantly just like I'm recording just ideas everything's coming out. My wife was very patient with me, thankfully. <laughs> I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go downstairs. I can't eat dinner tonight. Like I, it just, I just have to work like feverishly on this. I, I just feel like I'm in that sort of flow state sort of feeling where it was just all coming out. And uh, yeah, it just came, it came to, together. I mean, I started it in, yeah, the, like almost the end of December and put it out at early February. So, you know, within a month's time, it just all happened. <laughs> so uh, I'd say the hardest part was after I did it, I was like, oh, what now what? Like, what am I doing with this? Like, I kind of just put it out there and tried to, you know, I think that was when I, you know, first reached out to you, to you all and to some other places, just like, I, I don't know what I just did, but here's some, here's the thing I did sort of, <laughs> it's not like, you know, I didn't have a very like organized plan about it or anything. It just was very in the moment, very sort of like inspired. And again, that sort of flow state, you know, I didn't plan a release months ahead of time and send demo copies out to anybody or anything. It was just like, I have to do this and I have to do it right now. So um, that's, I know that's not the way you're supposed to do things. So uh, it's been, I, mean, I think the challenge came later. The challenge has come since then of like, okay, I did a thing. Like now what do I do? So finding kind of feeling your way in the dark and finding the path for it and realizing like, I need to make, I need to complete it with the visuals and kind of reach into that realm and see where it goes next. So I feel like, yeah, there are rules, but like, at the end of the day, you know, you do what works for you best and what you have the ability to do and the time to do so, you know, you mentioned you put out a video and there's like, there is this very dramatic, like visual aspect to it. I have not seen the video yet, but like your 
profile picture on Bandcamp and like the and you've got some pictures up on your Instagram and whatnot with like the cloak and the like the goat skull or whatever it is uh, or the mask on and everything like that. So there is this dramatic element to it, and you know that's what you did to take it to the next level. You did this video for it. Like I said, when I recorded it and it, as it was like happening so fast, like it, there was a very visual like story to it. And I am a huge fan of the death metal band Portal. And I just love their, I used to, I work in IT to pay the bills. And there was a time I worked in like an operations center and mm -hmm. in the morning when I was in like a really bad mood, I would like open up a window in my browser and like play like live portal sh <laughs> shows <laughs> and have my coffee. And then I'd be like, nobody talk to me. I have to have my co coffee and death metal before I can like focus <laughs> on this day. <laughs> but like, I, I was so inspired by them. Um, and I have like, you know, even going back to being a kid, like I love Guar and like the, the theatrics have always like been a big oh my deal. God, these guys look so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like having pyramid head, like, yeah, yeah, he's done some different variations of like the different, uh, yeah. I, I love those guys so much. Very inspired by them. And I feel like around the time when I was like getting to that point of like, the band's going to be called Magician Reverse. I don't really know what the music will sound like yet. Maybe it'll just be death metal. Maybe it'll only have some death metal. I don't know. But like, uh, those are very inspired by those guys. And, sort of the themes and the evocative, uh, some of like that evocative, like nonsensical lyrics too. I was uh, always a fan of that sort of just going back to sort of the Lovecraft uh, discussion we had earlier, like the Lovecraftian themes and all that stuff, you know, obviously mm -hmm. like full disclosure, obviously we all know the problematic stuff about Lovecraft and all that stuff, but like, you know, thematically in the stories and that like uh, eldritch horrors is very something I'd, really enjoy a lot. Um, so that was very inspiring to me. So the the video um, came about just kind of organically in the last several months, you know, a, a friend and I have been talking for years about, you know, doing everything from like, we should film sketch comedy things, or we should like make a, we both like love 80s horror movies so much and we, whatever, and I was just like, what if we just do it with this? And he he had a little bit of a windfall of some money and got a camera and we were just like, let, I guess we're shooting a video. Let's do this. Let's figure it out. Let's learn it right on the spot, on the fly. <laughs> Cause with my project. So, you know, we don't have to worry about like, we'll make a music video for somebody and screw it up or something. So uh, yeah. So I built the mask and <clears throat> kind of had that, that idea of the character. Um, and again, the whole theme of that is the idea that, there's kind of like a person doing like a ritual to summon something, but really at the end, sort of like maybe the thing summoned you to do the ritual to begin with so it could come to world to the earth and have that kind of there's a little bit of a 80s sort of practical horror sort of effect to it. There's kind of a slow burn, some, you know, kind of some striking lighting and visuals and things kind of harkening back to the stuff that we like. So I think that answered the question. Did I get to it? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I would just want, I just wanted you to like talk about it and whatnot, and uh, I will watch it. I will totally watch it. <laughs> I promise. It, it's all like really cool. I would uh, encourage people to check this out in full, including myself. I'm going to hold myself to that. Besides the 
you know, obviously it's your first album, but I mean, do you have anything else in the works? Are you like working on this actively? Uh, Is there, you know, something to drop next year? What have you? Absolutely. Yes. Um, uh, Next up is, well, I've already got a new album in the works. Um, I'm taking my time with this one a little Mm -hmm. more and being a little more deliberate about it and trying to keep the runtime down to a a slightly more palatable overall runtime. So (laughs) hoping to have a new album here in maybe the next three to six months or so. And in the meantime, also, you know, I'm working on this, starting my video kind of turned into a whole film project as well, but we're also going to, what started as we're going to do one more video has become, we're kind of planning right now to do a trilogy of videos for the segment of the album that goes from the trials, I, I split the trial song up into trials one and trials two, mm-hmm. and then tribulation. Going to start filming that here um, in the next month or so. And each of the three videos as a little like teaser will be sort of done in a different, each one will have kind of like another 80s sort of like inspired horror theme. Right now it's kind of going to be that like cerebral sort of part one sort of like a slasher movies part two and uh, then on into a what the a WTF moment for the uh, exit of reality into part three. So hopefully those three videos will be done maybe around the time that I drop a new album as well. So nice. We get David Lynch on our ass. Just yeah. weird stuff. <laughs> oh, man, what a dream. I'm a huge Twin Peaks fan. Oh, same. Love, love the last season. Mm. Have you been listening to anything lately uh, besides Thurgathon and all that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, it, it, you know, it, my tastes kind of like fluctuate with the weather. Um, they kind of go all over. Like I, uh, I really love the, uh, the speaking of the Twin Peaks sort of vibe, uh, the Lovecraft uh, Sextet uh, album. The, and I can't think of the name of it right now. Gosh, it's the the pink one. I'll call it the pink one. <laughs> That's very like <laughs> Angela Badalamenti, like sort of mm-hmm. jazzy '80s sort of thing. Um, and then uh, on the doom metal side, uh, Coliseum is a really really great band. That I, really I saw like. them a long. Oh, time did you ago. see them? Okay. Yeah, I saw them in Pittsburgh opening up for Baroness. <laughs> oh, very cool. Okay. Yeah. It was like uh, it was like not long after Baroness had their uh, bus accident, and uh, so it was uh, it was a fairly emotional show. Yeah, it was really cool. Oh, wow. it was the first time I was seeing Baroness, and it was with the old lineup. So like, oh, cool. it was uh, it it was back. Uh, so like, what's his name? So like Pete was still in the band. Okay, but yeah, sweet. Coliseum opened. Yeah, they were cool. They were heavy as hell. Yeah, <laughs> love those guys. Uh... Uh, love uh, Shape of Despair just like really hits for this time of year. Like mm-hmm. uh, they were a band that for me initially, I, I didn't really care for them initially. I didn't really like the the musical singy sort of stuff with the female vocalists and stuff, but it really grew on me over time. And I just mm-hmm. feel like it's like the perfect soundtrack going into like November now yeah. for me. <laughs> so I uh, love those guys. And uh, man, I love that uh, The Lord um album that came out um that's kind of it's another one of those like very soundtracky sort of oh the the greg anderson album yeah mm-hmm. yep. yeah it was good i liked it i really really dug that so that's kind of been that's kind of my vibe going into november i think so nice 
Uh, I have a very long list that I'm unfortunately going to make you sit through. <laughs> um, okay, but I just want, I want to just do it just because like I gotta I have to keep like current with this stuff. So um, this is like several weeks what I've been listening to over the last few weeks or so. Listen to Collapse Culture. Listen to their album Drag Your Coffin, My Lord. That's a side project of somebody in Kowloon Walled City. Uh, I really dug that. Very cinematic. Uh, listen to Escuela Grind, Grindcore album. Saw them earlier this year with uh, I Hate God. New album's called Memory Theater. If you're into grindy stuff, check it out. Uh, I listened to this blackened death metal band called Strigoi. Got kind of a Hans Zimmer vibe to it. Lots of like bombs. The album's called Viscera. It's pretty cool. New Ken Mode album. Just saw them the other day at St. Vitus. For anybody that's not familiar with them, abrasive, noisy metal stuff. Good, good shit. Good show, too. I listened to the new Acid Witch album. They were great when I saw them at Maryland Death Fest. Uh, Fabio Fritzi did an album for this Jodorowsky project called The Eyes of the Cat. I listened to the San Francisco death metal band, Acephalix, and their very long-titled album, Theothanatology. <laughs> it's a great fucking name for an album. That's great. Uh, dipped into... Tenarowin again. They're a that Tureg rock band. They fucking rule. I missed them at Psycho Las Vegas, just like Godflesh. Uh, yeah. And uh, unfortunately, they canceled their planned tour here pretty recently, so I still haven't yet to see them. Uh, checked out the new Goat Horror album. Thought it was pretty good. Uh, dipped back into Woods of. <clears throat> I always, I know, I always remember the quote this guy said about how to pronounce his band's name, but I always never know how to say it properly uh woods of epray i think it's epraise it's not the y that throws me off it's the pres but i think it's epraise definitely a band that got me like deeper into like underground metal stuff uh that band fucking is fantastic uh listen to the german synth pop band wolfsheim also really fucking good mc5 bracken usa classic listen to some junius Listen to some Converge. Listen to Fudge Tunnel for the first time. Hate songs in E minor, TVP, and Creep Diets. Fucking incredible. Love it. Like industrial, heavy alt metal. It's so fucking good. Another uh, recommendation from John from Conan. Some Blood Ceremony, because I saw they were going on tour with Uncle Acid. And uh, they're pretty fun. It's Doom with a flute. New Dark Throne album is good. New Dead Cross album fucking kicks ass. There's this awesome instrumental stoner psych band from Germany called Godzilla in the Kitchen. And uh, instrumental stoner is uh, very much my thing, as is Godzilla. So this was like, I felt attacked at how marketed this was to me. <laughs> but I love the album. Uh, that band. Do you hear the new hmm? Nadja? Do you, hear the, do you like the new Nadja stuff? I don't know I like if I listen to Nadja. Oh man, that's like the—is that the two-person band? Yep. Okay, I don't think I've listened to that. I'll put—I'll definitely add that to my list. That band Worm from Florida. Yes, Blue Nothing, the Blue Nothing one rules. <laughs> it's so Dude, good. Love that. Yes. Yeah. All the guitar solos are nuts. I just. Yeah. Oh yeah. Love um, that. They're—they uh, got a—they announced a show at St. Vitus, and like as soon as it got announced, I was like, I'm buying a ticket. Like, oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. God, I wish I lived there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Listen to Rip to Shreds' new album, their death metal, Faceless Burial, death metal, <laughs> Mother of Graves, death doom metal. <laughs> um, going to see Merciful Fate soon, so I had to go back and listen to Melissa and Don't Break the Oath. I can't fucking wait. Hell yes. I listened to, I've never listened to Bjork before, so what? I was like, I guess I'll <laughs> listen to this new Bjork album. Oh no, and... go back and listen to Homogenic. Okay. Homogenic. <laughs> homogenics the album then that was the one that got me in like 98 or whatever i think when i got it yeah yeah i mean i i've always thought bjork was pretty cool like uh she's a very interesting person obviously i listened to uh the new one's called fasora and like it's weird and interesting i don't really know how else to describe it like i'm not sure i will necessarily go back to this one but i i'll definitely check out the other bjork album. oh yeah the bjork the homogenic album i got like on the same day i I ran i bought uh apex twin selected ambient works and like just those two albums will blow your brain apart (laughs) in the right frame of mind i'm sure you've heard of cro-magnon then oh yeah 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 that is some strange stuff too. Like yep. weird psychedelic industrial music. Listen to Pity Sex, which is like lo-fi fuzzy punk. Listen to this other strange uh, kaiju metal band called The Mad Kaiju. The album's <laughs> called Solve at Coagula. It's pretty good. I think they're from hey, Spain. All right. Maybe As I'm above, wrong. so below. There you go. There it is. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, VHS has a new album out. It's called Deep Gashes and Long Lashes. It's all giallo themed. Voivod put out an EP that's just their covers of the Ultraman theme. <laughs> very odd, but very on brand for Voivod. Oh, I, I need to check that out. Okay. <laughs> Listen to Bestial Tongues, which is a New Jersey death grind band. And I got to listen to my Jersey bands. Uh, also checked out this band, Prison Affair. Uh, thank you to Jillian from Ruby the Hatchet for the Rack. It's like light, synthy punk stuff. I, I really liked it. Like, really, really impressed. They just have a bunch of demos out. So... Uh, then listen to some tapes a while back. Uh, Fulci, they're great. Uh, Buds and Old Iron, and uh, shout outs to Finn, who uh, who was previously on the show under his moniker of uh, Boozum. Thank you for giving me the tape, man. I appreciate it. A couple of shows, like I said, I went to see Ken Mode. I uh, saw Russian Circles yesterday with uh, my buds in resin. Awesome. They were fucking fantastic. Uh, earlier in the month, I saw uh slift the psychedelic rock band they're fucking incredible show uh great support from uh you said strange and native son at elsewhere and then earlier than that maybe i mentioned this one i don't know but i saw the totally stacked bill of uh god is war mortuous vermin womb full of hell and blood incantation at brooklyn oh, monarch fucking crazy lineup yeah they're that awesome there's that that just all synth like, yeah it's good be, yeah that's so fun yeah I lo- and especially because i love like ambience and stuff and everything I, I love that yeah i get to meet my friends from the i hope you suffer podcast for the first time in reality was so that was cool and uh would be remiss if i did mention that a while ago i would i was given the opportunity to go see uh my chemical romance at the barclay yeah. center and I 100% went and had a great time. Also saw Thursday. Are you okay, though? No, I'm not okay. I'm great. <laughs> Can't say I'm a big Thursday fan. I mean, I saw Thursday. It's just not really my thing. But my chem was really good. They were. They really did a great job. And 
it was uh, a hell of an experience. As I said to my friends, it was like Tumblr came back to life yeah. and started walking around New York. Incredible. Lots of great shows, lots of great albums, all sorts of great shit, including The Magician Reversed. Oh, thank um, you. That's very kind. <laughs> and I want to give still. one shout out to a band I didn't mention. Uh, they're called Nixil from Baltimore. They came through Columbus recently and they were very theatric inspiring sort of black metal sort of vibe. And mm -hmm. uh, their All Nuts, All Knots Untied album is very, very highly recommended by me. Nice. And check out their videos. Watch their videos. Watch my video first, but then watch their videos because <laughs> their videos are also in the same, like I've, I felt a very like close kinship with them, talking to them after they played. I'd never heard them before. And they have that like sort of theatrical uh, occult sort of mm -hmm. uh, leading as well. And they're excellent. Nice. I will check them out as well. So uh, is there anything else you want to plug? Where can people find you? Where can they get the album and support you? Right. My preferred, um, as I think a lot of other independent people would agree, is uh, Bandcamp, please. Magicianreverse.bandcamp.com uh, or just uh, I've got a website, the, just themagicianreverse.com. Hit me up, of course, on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, because we have to be there, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, my stuff's on Spotify and Apple Music and uh, YouTube Music and everything as well. But again, Bandcamp, if I can steer anybody. I'd love uh, your support on Bandcamp. I like to make the comparison of if you would buy me a beer, I would prefer you buy me uh, my album on Bandcamp and show me the, uh, the support there because it's about the same price as a draft beer at a bar. So <laughs> nice. the gold, that's the gold standard to me. So <laughs> That's pretty good logic. I never thought about it that way before. It's funny you didn't mention Twitter. You might have to wind up paying to use that. And I can well, imagine no band's going to want to do that. <laughs> you know, it's a little bit of a tumultuous time on Twitter. I actually had avoided Twitter and then joined it right before the uh, the, the great uh, uh, buyout took place. And now I'm just like, uh, I guess I don't care about it after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you, I think unfortunately uh, you missed the boat on that one. Yeah, oh yeah, 100%, 100%. Anything that was good about Twitter, it's happened. And now yeah. I'm like, I guess we're just going to watch this world burn. Yeah, yeah exactly. <clears throat> and of course, you know, uh, 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 like and subscribe. Hit me in the comments below on on uh, YouTube, you know, because that's where it's at. <laughs> you can still do that. You can still right. do that. Exactly. Yeah. YouTube and Bandcamp are my uh, primary uh, requests for anybody who wants to know more. So. Well, thanks for coming on and talking about your album. This has been The Magician Reversed, uh, as uh, directed by Nick Bain, and you can check him out at all the places you just talked about. And that will do it for this chapter of The Diary.